episode 54 of Gaming and BS. Welcome to Gaming and BS podcast, where we talk about tabletop RPGs and other miscellaneous topics of geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome back, folks. We are uh, live on Blab right now. Yes. So that's kind of cool. So for anyone joining us, as Sean said, we're a tabletop RPG podcast. And um, we figured we'd give this uh, Blab thing. We tried it once before, and we had, had a lot of fun with it. It was pretty cool. We'll see who hops in. And um, we don't do the usual Blab thing where we pull people in um to the video portion of it and then have a little back and forth we're gonna just kind of keep it into the uh the uh discussion if you will on the side the kind of uh just um texting back and forth on the uh, side panel there questions and so forth so anyway if we see something over there that we grab onto great if not we'll just keep going with the regular show as it is all right let's get into announcements yeah let's do it all right uh just a quick one out to our buddy joe C Joe Swick. Yes, him and the missus. Joe Swickster. The Swickinator. He is so Swick. Absolutely. And Mrs. Joe Swick. Yes. The one who did uh, the lion's share of the work for the recent event that occurred. They had baby. Yes, they did. First child. Oh, it is their first. Yes. Oh. I believe that's his first. I have I have no concept. (laughs) <laughs> uh, hey, I do. I, I do. I know you do. Congra- I do. Congrats to Joe and Mrs. Yes, the youngest Swick. one, Z- Xander Thomas, born on nine fifteen. Uh, I believe that's the yeah. date he posted on nine sixteen. So I'm. I think my math is correct. I believe so. If nothing else, I think we now have the. Uh, he's a, Xander is our youngest fan. <laughs> if he's an even a fan, he may have just he may have heard yeah. of us and then said no way. Yeah, that's possible too. And the other one I got in uh, in relation to that, on the far end of the uh, birthday scale, uh, sorry, Kev, got to give you some shit. Uh, happy late birthday to the great old one, Kev Thulu. Kev uh, Lovecraft. Kevin Kev Lovecraft. He games with uh, with uh, me, obviously, and also with Sean, and me while we play with Sean. So, Kevin, uh, keep on keeping on, brother. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy belated birthday. Yes. And yes, to yes. everybody we've missed who are friends of the show. Happy birthday. There we go. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. (laughs) Cool. Whatever. All right. All right. Shall we? uh, I'm going to, so I don't know. Let's, uh, let's go into random encounter, right? Let's do it. All right. All right. Random encounter. Part of the show where we field emails, voicemails, and comments from social media and our blog at gamingabs.com. Joe F, I won't mention Joe's last name, leaves us a voicemail. He's done it before. Uh, let me see if I can get that off the hook here. Hey, guys. Joe again. Uh, congratulations on that episode 50. I've been listening to it this evening. And, you know, I heard you guys trying to come up with uh, a goofy name that mixes misdirected Mark and Gaming and BS. Well, Gaming and Mark doesn't work, so I recommend misdirected BS. Just the Misdirected BS. I like it. Yeah, misdirected BS. That could that could grow legs. Yeah. Thanks, Joe, for the voicemail, my man. 
Absolutely. Thank you. All right. What else we got here? <clears throat> well, next we've got Matt Martinez on our blog on the old website, gamingbs.com. He wrote in under episode 52 where we talked about gear. Brett, he says, ooh, talking to me. This is awesome. I like it when they talk to me and then leave Sean out. It makes me feel much more important. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. If you, if you like gritty, low magic settings, have you tried Barbarians of Lemuria? I have not, Matt. I have heard of it, and I have not looked into it, though, but I'm going to have to. Uh, Matt goes on with spells have three magnitudes. A second and a third magnitude spell requires hours of meditation or chanting, a ritual sacrifice of some sort, and for the caster to take damage. Ooh, kind of cool. Seems almost a spell burn-y type thing from DCC. Very cool. As for gear, it doesn't have any rules for encumbrance, but it does say the following. Quoting from uh, Barbarians of Lemuria here. Quote, if you want backpacks full of adventure gear, a weapon for every occasion, three spare suits of armor, and a pack animal to carry it all around on, then play another game. If all you want is a breech clout and a sturdy blade, play on! End quote. <laughs> very, very Conan. All right. Uh, you should use the adjective uh, noirish. Um, he, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he says, you used the ad- adjective noirish. Now, consider some of Robert E. Howard's Conan stories, an obvious influence for Barbarians of Lemuria, to be a fantasy noir. Uh, Rogues in the House, which, yeah, Rogues in the House, definitely a fantasy noir type of uh, storyline that Robert put together there. So cool. Thank you, Matt. That's good. I'm going to have to take a look at Barbarians of Lemuria now. I like I like what I'm hearing here. Cool. Next is you, sir. Sweet. Casey McKenzie comments on Facebook, episode 52, where we cover gear. Mend is a must-take spell. My game group was able to skip a whole adventure that was based on getting the raw material to repair and, in, and report a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. Jeez, I'm going to start that over again. (laughs) Yeah, would you? That wasn't so good. Mend is a must-take spell. My game group was able to skip a whole adventure that was based on getting the raw material to repair an item for a merchant. One mend spell later, and we were getting paid and on to the next employer. Ooh, skillful spell use. Resourceful. Very resourceful. When it comes to equipment, Dungeon World nails it for me. You can have whatever you want within reason. Just check off use a use of your adventuring kit. Same with ammo. You don't track every arrow, but if you use ammo to avoid consequences, eventually you will reach that fateful choice. Is this your last arrow, or did you place yourself in a bad spot? So he's referring to Dungeon World, where it's a uh, hard move, soft move, and uh, if you fail... Um, it may be, you may be put in a bad spot. The more I've read, I, I went back through and picked up my Dungeon World hardcover, pulled it out. It was usually using it as a coaster, which is one of the uh, things that I was what? told from. What? That, that's what, that, I think that's what. Well, I think, you know, because we have hardcovers of that book just laying around here. So I figured, what the hell? I just used one or, one of them as a coaster and whatnot. I, <laughs> Do you have more than you, you have? Do you have more than one copy? No, I just have one. I'm just trying to get Phil's goat over at Misdirected. So anyhow, um, parsing through it and from listening to feedback like this, while the game, I've not yet, I've yet to play the game itself as written the rules, but there it's, to me, it's just a perfect example of that game system. You can pull some really, really good stuff from. You can grab onto the cool stuff from, uh, the hard moves, the concepts that we just talked about here for uh, for equipment and so forth, and pull that in to pretty much any game you want. That's uh, it's just it's really well written and how it's used and so forth stuff. It's good. It's a lot of it's good stuff. You know, so I, if you don't have a copy, pick one up. I may I may run off a few 
playbooks for uh, Gamehole Con. Maybe even Gary Con. I think Gamehole, I mean, I think Dungeon World is really cool just for a con game. You can just throw it together and just hand it to everybody. I think a lot of people getting a taste of it would appreciate it that much more. Just my two thoughts. I think it'd be worth it. You heard it here. I'd be worth you playing it or running it for me. So there, there, that's what we'll do. All right, sweet. All right. Oh, here we are. Email from Corey. Now, Corey, um, Corey's is going to, you're going to have to take a breath with Corey's. This is not yes. for the faint of heart. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Hang on. Beer me here. Yeah, you better take a swig. All right. Let's see what we can do. Email from Corey. He's talking about episode 53, killing PCs, not to be confused with killing players. While both Sean and I do condone it, it is more difficult than we can get into in this podcast. So anyway, um, hail SOBs of BS in gaming. Oh, I like that. He starts off, starts off strong. I like it, Corey. Uh, new listener here, and I just heard of your character death topic from episode 53. I also listened to your earlier topic on character death closer to the start of your podcast. Um, I figured I'd throw in my two electrum pieces on the subject for both of you to pontificate on for a minute and a half. Ooh, we're timed. Let's see what we can do. Well, first of all, I would say character death is a combination of one, does it suit the story? Two, does it suit the game? Three, is it a con game? And four, those crappy die rolls. I'll elaborate further. Whew. First of all, the story. Are you running a mini campaign, a heroic live, uh, excuse me, a heroic live or die one shot, a long term campaign, etc.? I would argue that in a long term story campaign, I've run several from Second Ed AD&D, Mongoose, Conan, Vampire the Masquerade, and Pathfinder, where most players don't anticipate their characters dying, but rather having an impact on the story, reaching goals, accomplishing major events, etc. Some even buy their own metal minis and paint them specifically for the characters, if minis can be used in said game, and give me backstory because they want to be in it for the long haul. For me as the DMGM, my goal is to create challenges requiring wits and skill, not death traps. If I am running a long-term campaign with a story in mind, I want the characters to enjoy that and have their respective cool moments when they talk about to talk about far into the future. The only time I see character deaths, there would be in relation to number four, where they're deliberately challenged something far exceeding their statistical and tactical capabilities. In the end, there's always resurrection and similar spells too. All right. Regarding two and three, it depends on setup. If it suits the game, i.e. Dungeon Crawl Classics, Call of Cthulhu, All Flesh Must Be Eaten, etc. In my groups, we all know the mortality is going to be high. In that case, we try to create memorable PCs that will last um, that, uh, that last while their life does and treat it like a game where we can just make up a new character and jump in after one character died in a horrific death. In the case of number three, I would argue that in pre-gen characters of a con, no one has a real emotional attachment nor time investment in whatever that character is. If they die, they die, have fun, enjoy the game, and have a beer. In, number, in the case of four, <clears throat> well, that's the way the dice fall. I've had characters die, and so have many PCs of my players, due to the unfortunate factor when our dice conspire against us to, f- to fail every saving throw or miss on all attacks. Everyone should have taken those lumps by now. It's part of the game. I say, it makes it, uh, I say make it funny in the end. I realize I'm omitting situations like an adversarial DMGM or the punk player who makes it his or her own goal to kill the other PCs, in that case, you're not dealing with people playing a game. You're dealing with assholes. I agree with that. Uh, sole exception being a player versus player type game, like a tournament or a con game, or perhaps a story where that's the ultimate goal. <clears throat> in the end, if people are in it for the long haul, and I do tend toward campaigns rather than one shots because our hobby can be expensive, 
Let the PCs have a good time. Throw challenges at them that may result in death if they choose poorly or the dice do not favor them. I don't kill them outright as DMGM. Not trying to open up the, quote, game balance, unquote, can of worms, but I do leave clues either by describing the scenes or having NPCs depict how tough a fight, etc. Something could be if it's beyond the party's abilities. We talked about that before, Sean. That's something both you and I have done in the past as well. <clears throat> if the uh, if the party chooses to ignore uh, ignore or uh, chooses to go there, excuse me. If the party chooses to go there, then they then they live or die with the consequences. Basically, you know, you uh, you thumb your nose at the at the fates, and uh, well, guess what? Sometimes shit happens. By no means do not dumb down your character world. Do not make all things easy. I do have a couple of combats. There may be a pushover and some really hard fights. Some traps may be humorous. Some may be deadly. It all helps foster the story. All said, glad my brother recommended this podcast to me. And I'm going to go back through your um, episodes voraciously. Ooh, very nice. From a fellow Wisconsin gamer to two other Wisconsin gamers, keep up the great work. Look forward to listening each week. Good luck with the hunting, Brett. Have a beer, Sean. And maybe I'll see you both at Gamehole or GaryCon. Indeed, we will see you, Corey, at Gamehole. Yes, absolutely. That was good, Corey. Thanks, man. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the feedback there. Um, good stuff. Good stuff, indeed. I would agree I like, with everything Corey says. I think what a lot of it is really, a lot of it is kind of what we talked about, right? It comes down to the type of game we want to play. If it is a con type game or high mortality rate, then hey, guess what? Death plays this type of role. If it's that long term campaign, as Corey alludes to, and what we talked about, and when. That's not necessarily the same. Oh well, the dice just killed me all the time, or you know the the whole the whole um, death trap every time you turn around. No, it's good stuff. I like it. Cool. All right. Kevin, Next, Kevin Keneally. Awesome. So I've drank the Dungeon Crawl Classics Kool Aid. What supplemental st- stuff is super awesome, or helps you GM or enjoy the game even more? If you are a DCC aficionado and would like to provide Kevin some guidance, I will provide a link in the show notes. But I can tell Kevin, which I think I already have, maybe not. I don't know if I did, actually. Sailors, the Starless Sea. Yep, you did bring that up in the the, uh, community. It's a well-known zero-level funnel adventure. I do have the Emerald Enchanter as well. I believe that is for levels... Mm, I think it's still beginner levels. One, two, maybe? Two to three? That's a good one. Uh, I do recommend if he does run it, and at a con especially, they on, I think, drive-thru RPG, they have reference books for the uh, critical hits and fumble tables, which is huge. Um, And I think it may have spells in those or not. I'm not quite sure. I think they've run maybe five bucks, uh, but I would check it out on drive-thru. They're... I mean, I mean, they're really small booklets, but they're awesome to have like two or three on the table so that when people do critical hit and fumbles, you don't have to take the big 300 plus page. Almost, I think it's almost 400 plus page ruble. Oh, crap. But yeah, Kevin, if you run an adventure or uh, partake, let us know how it goes, man. Uh, let us know what you run and what people think about it. Zero level funnels, I would also advise... Kevin, to go to uh, Purple Sorcerer Games. I think it's purplesorcererGames.com. Yes. DCC Purple Sorcerer in Google and um, 
Mysterio. They have a uh, they have an app out there too. I have it on my iPad. Yeah. It's a re- it's pretty handy. It's got a lot of the uh, crit charts and some stuff right in the app. Dice rollers for well, those times you don't have the twenty seven and a half sided die you need to play the game. The super cool thing about it is you can r- roll up different level characters. It's got a character generator, and if you're this running does. like zero level funnels, you're gonna want probably four characters per player. So if you've got four players, you're gonna need sixteen characters. And that thing will be able to crank them out really quick. And then you can print them all off and just hand them to everybody. Uh, can't recommend it enough for DCC. Otherwise, I think we mentioned it in the, your post to check out the DCC G Plus community, which is big. And you got some good uh, heavy hitters there. You've got Harley Stroll. That's a part of that community. You've got uh, Michael there. Um, Michael's name. What is it? Last name. Oh, my God. He's going to kill me. We got people like Jen Brakeman. I mean, I, I summoned Jen. Yeah. I summoned Jen into the uh, comments there, and she jumped in right away with some good resources too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael's name is just killing me. He writes modules, and then you've got Doug Kovacs there. He does the art for a majority of the DCC line, so they'll all be able to give you plenty of advice and tips and tricks. Sweet. You're just sticking me with the long ones here, dude. Well, I I, I, I can go back to back <laughs> if you want. Do it. I need to breathe after right. a long one from Corey. Your turn. Go. Kevin Lovecraft, episode 53 comments. Uh, what did we do for 53? That's the last episode we just had, dude. <laughs> it's reality. Right? No, not reality. <clears throat> Death. Death <sighs> to PCs, right? Not, yes. Not to players. Not to players, which is, again, fully supported, but harder to do. Right. We don't, Characters. We don't condone it, but we understand it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Kevin uh, right, write, writes in episode 53 in which you guys put on the rose tinted history glasses and talked about old school gaming and the short brutal lives uh, PCs. Uh, I have opinion on this. Right. And, you know, he writes in. That's good. Uh, you touched on one of the trade offs that of that approach. The fact that PCs often had no depth. Why bother with backstories and hooks if your character has a high probability of being killed before level five? Right, right. Okay, absolutely. I think we touched on it, right? Why? why we do did. It? Yeah. Yep. What's the fun in building up a character to have him killed by random, random trap or an encounter table? Uh, I don't think that's what I'm looking for for at looking for at the table these days. What I want is a challenge. One where my character has a chance to grow, do crazy things, and be amazed that they lived through it, or that the adventuring party remembers how Bubba gave his life to get them out of there. Are you okay over there, dude? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine. Beer issue. I'm ca- carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Keep going. There Jesus it is. Christ. All right. I need a, I need a laugh safe. track and that we're live here. I'm safe. I'm safe. Go. Okay. Focus, dude. I'm trying. All right. Uh, anyway, I think that maybe what the topic really should be is how to introduce tension or suspense at the table. The players should never feel safe. Sure, the PC might not die, but what about the vicious revenge that snubbed Lord is going to take on your family? Or how all of their assets were lost in a hedge fund scandal, and how are you going to make your next tax payment to hold on to your lair? Yeah, okay. I don't know if I would ever incorporate the tax kind of thing. Well, the point is, is that it it's um there's other ways to hurt people, right? Than mm-hmm. just axe the character. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I think GMs should make it um, terribly painful for player characters. Yes. Right? Like, make, I mean, their lives should be miserable. Because <laughs> this is the way I look at it. If my true life day to day is at, this miserable, everyone Brett, else should suffer too. Brett, is talk, that where you're at? Brett, talk to me. <laughs> Am I right? All right. All right, you're right, you're let's, right. Let's take it over into the game world and make their player characters' lives miserable. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Carry on. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see, where did I leave off? Honestly, I always assume there's a good chance my character might die when playing in a fantasy setting. I assume my character will die when playing COC, Call of Cthulhu, for those that I know, and am often disappointed if I didn't at least get institutionalized. Because Kevin, I think we, I think we can speak on Kevin's behalf here. He is about the story. Oh, absolutely. Right. So he doesn't get caught up with like, Hey, don't kill my guy. No, he doesn't. And Kevin's a guy who will take Corey's concept of the con games. Like, look, I'm just as into Kevin will just get into his con character as well as he would into a character he's played for five years. You know, he wants a good story and that's what he's there for. That's right. Uh, he continues. If NPCs or monsters are played as smart as the players run their PCs, then you always have to be on guard. One smart magic user type NPC who gets the drop on a group can have devastating effect and if nothing else, give advantage or whatever mechanic to the bad guys. That's a scary situation for your PC to be in. In regard to long con, okay, so boom, he's done there. Comment? No, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, in regard to Long Con, because Long Con is a con in Minneapolis we brought up during that episode. Had not heard about it. Most likely won't be attending since it happens to be the same time as Surly Darkness Day weekend, which is kind of a big deal here in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, if you're uh, if you're a beer aficionado like Kevin is, yeah, I could see you going to Surly Darkness Day instead. So totally. Long Con, for those that um, don't know what we're talking about, is a con- convention that was going on in Minneapolis, I think in October, um, I that, so. that is like one game, one table, three days, two days, three days. I believe that it's basically it's an extended con. I think it is three days and you pretty much sign up to run a campaign or play part of a campaign. Yeah. So kind of cool. So if you're in Minneapolis, check out long con. And I think uh, there was an, a link in episode 53 to that convention. Victor over in the uh, chat, they were saying that he's, uh, they've had some Dungeon World long cons at Origins and Gen Con in the last couple of years. Oh, that's interesting. That, uh, interesting. You know, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd do that because I don't know. It's a pretty big time commitment and I don't know if it would be something where I'd want to go and say, okay, I'm going to run, I, I'm going to sit at a table over three days and play the well, same game. A lot of things that you and I talk about going to con for is the sample various games perspective. And if you're going to a con to sample various games, you're obviously losing, if you will, that time as you lock yourself down to that long con, that longer campaign. Right. Not the end of the world, but if you are huge, like um, you like to play, um, I don't know, role master and someone's going to run a really long role master game or something along those lines, um, dungeon world. And you love it you don't get a chance to play that often because you don't have a local group and you want to play face to face for a long time. I could, I could see where there'd be a pretty nice attraction to it. So I think, cool. yeah, I think there is an appeal for the weekend campaign, but I don't, I don't know if it would be for me. The cons for me, I'm, I'm all over the place, man. I got to play, I got to talk, I got to drink beer and, and get silly. Er. Sillier. All right. You're up, man. The one last all one. Right. Josh Wallace from Twitter. Rightfully for you. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. I listen to Gaming BS in the morning, so when Brett signs off with, quote, good night and good game and all, unquote, I find it just a touch confusing. Uh, I'll have to change my closer. I'll you change my... You are, man. Not everybody listens during the evening. Fine. <laughs> this is I'll the... change... I'll try to change it up, Sean. If I if I lose it between here and there, try to remind me. This is delayed, delayed. Uh, this is like DVR'd. DVR'd, yes. DVR'd. All right, let's uh, let's do our our spiel, man. Let's get into let's a do... sponsor, right? Huh? Hammer it. I'm Phil from Misdirected Mark, and I'm Chris from Misdirected Mark, the podcast which is slightly less amazing than gaming and BS. Carrying all these dice in my hands, plus all this beer and cheese to take to my awesome gaming group in northern Wisconsin is hard. There must be a better way. Fear not, Phil. The show's sponsor, Michael Allhauser of Great Odd Dice Bags, makes awesome bags for dice. Wayne the Ewok told me you could run one over with a motorcycle and your dice would still be ready to roll. Those guys would know. They also have the dual drawstring, and you can get custom colors and art printed on your bags. Like a misdirected Mark logo? That's right. So head over to www.etsy.com backslash shop backslash grayed out, or check the link in the show notes, and use the Gaming MBS promo code to get a 10% discount on your order. All right, let's get into the topic, shall we? Hit it. My friend, you're entering a world of pain. You made a choice between pleasure and pain! I am pain. Guy, what's your prediction for the fight? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. What are we talking about this week? Pain. Bringing on the pain. So we've been chatting about killing characters, crushing their gear, taking stuff away. And it's all kind of the whole. It reminded me of back when I played Vampire nonstop for 15 years, pretty much. Um, There was a method I used. And this is and other people have done this. So it's not like I came up with this amazing thing all on my own. But I didn't kill anybody um, without the player saying, hey, yeah, I, I want to die. Yeah, or I want to walk away or whatever it was. My goal was to, if I was going to do something to a character, I was going to hurt them. If they had stuff, I took it away. If they had sanity points type of thing, I took that away. They had something, I crushed that. They had a dream, I drove over it with a truck. Whatever I, whatever it took. The idea was just <clears throat> pain upon pain upon pain. If you were physical and super tough, cut your arm off. Then you've got to live with that for the month it takes you to regenerate your arm as a vampire or whatever it was. Um, it, so just as we're talking about killing characters and trying to make the the tension and kind of as Kevin talked about in his um, his post back to us that we just that we just read through and some of the things Corey chatted about, it just seems to fit. I mean, we're talking about there's. And I don't necessarily want to just I don't want to focus on necessarily just the physical side of it. I want to get into the uh, the player character, emotional pain, that type of thing. So, Sean, let's start with the easy one, physical pain. Now, 
<clears throat> I'm not talking about just taking away swords or crushing somebody's armor or that type of thing in a combat. Um, have you ever had it so that either a player or even a non-player character, if, if you're running one of your NPCs, have they ever been like afraid of combat because it was going to hurt? Like, you know what? This game has a critical system. I could lose an arm. I'm not going up against that giant. I don't want to fight that thing. I don't want to hit. I don't want to roll on the table and be fried to a crisp because of the fireballs that this mage is going to throw on me. Have have Other than looking at the hit points and going, do I think I have enough to do it? Have you ever had your group worried? Or you yourself as a player or a game master, does that play any factor in your game? Just the pain and the fear of it. As a shortcoming of a GM, I have to say no. Oh, Sean. Sean I know. Sean, Sean. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I'm really disappointed that I, I don't inflict pain on my players. Characters. characters. <laughs> it is something that is, uh, I need to come to grips with. I have to look inside <laughs> this, myself. This is Sean's emotional pain right here, folks. And say, player, player characters need to feel pain. So let me give you an example. By all, means, honestly, by all means. I, well, that's kind of my thing. That is your thing. Um, one of my favorite things about running for kids, younger gamers, is that they will be scared shitless about how much something would hurt. Really? They don't necessarily look at the, and maybe it's, maybe it's the way I run or the way I describe stuff or something. But when or the like, way you I'm, throw things at them and <laughs> the way I throw things at them, <laughs> really is, hard. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. It's a simulated experience when you're gaming with me. Um, it's immersive. No, but. But like, very immersive. Yes, you're up to your eyeballs in pain. It just hurts. The bruises are real. It's great. Um, no, but see, misdirected some... Mark, misdirected <laughs> Mark, right there, man, right there. You got it on recording. Damn it. Anyhow, I um, talking about like when the bad guys are fighting, whatever it is, they hit somebody, slam. I think if you using the um, <clears throat> descriptive, you know, they hit you, they crunch through the armor, it hurts your arm, you're shot, you feel the bullet go through your your shoulder. Um, that type of thing, characters, when I'm playing, especially with younger gamers, like, oh, my God, that sounds scary. I don't want anything to do with that. And an older character will look at them, older player, excuse me, will look at them and go, dude, you've got 50 hit points. Just go in there and take it. Yeah, but that hurt. Look what the giant did. That looks like it hurts. And I think that's something that is lost, is, um, at least to some of the older veteran gamers. I mean, unless we focus on it, sometimes you'll get to the point where you're like, well, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I might die, you know, insofar as, um, you know, I don't want my character to die. I don't want to start up again. I don't want to do something along those lines. Um, but I don't think we're necessarily worried about, you know, getting hurt where our character is like, hey, I could lose a hand. I could lose an arm or something like that. Does that, Sean, do you, does that even make sense to you? Is that a game or an issue you'd want to, I shouldn't say game or an issue. Is that the type of story you'd even want to deal with? Come on now. Yeah. I, uh, I th well, I don't think a lot of systems facilitate it. <clears throat> they don't they don't uh they don't handle pain in the game. Now, however, 
I have been a player before, Brett. And when, yes. I, when I get my ass handed to me in a combat encounter and I get smoked, I feel the pain. But I got to, I mean, it depends on the player, on the character you're playing and the game system you're playing. So as we typically refer to standard fantasy role-playing games, I would have to say that if I get hit for a huge amount of damage, I'm going to say, damn, that hurt. I know the pain, but it's not something where it's kind of like, I mean, I I wouldn't have to say it. I could just be like, well, you know, all right, man, next. Who's up? My turn next. You know, or it's like, damn, I got smoked. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. But there isn't a necessary, there isn't a pain piece that the only game that I know of, and by all means not, the aficionado on every role-playing game that's ever been published. But I would have to say that um, Star Wars Saga Edition does have a, what is it, the the threshold, uh, stress kind of mechanic to it. Th- uh, not even fantasy flight games, that's stress. But with the Saga Edition, well, wounds and vitality? No, it's not wounds and vitality. Nope. Um, I got Victor in the yeah, corner here. It does have no, wounds no. and vitality, but what it does as a, con- a condition track. That's what it is. Condition track. So when you do take so much damage or you take certain effects, you slip down the condition track. And as you slip down the condition track, certain things happen. So maybe you slip down one step down the condition track. Now you're at minus two for everything. You slip down the next ladder, it's minus five. So that kind of can simulate pain, but I don't, I mean, unless there's an independently published game that is not, um, you know, I wouldn't say one some of the big publishing houses, I don't know of any any mechanic that facilitates pain. The only mechanic, the only mechanic that comes to my mind is the, is the critical hit charts. Dungeon Crawl Classics Rollmaster, of course, was famous for it. Um, because it's a descriptive thing that could happen to you. So you're fighting something, and uh, one of my favorite Rollmaster ones was you. it's impact critical, body reduced to gelatinous pulp, try a spatula. Like, Holy shit! What? You're freaking dead. That's a description. Oh. Uh, you can get. You can lose an arm. You can have your wrist could be crushed. Um, your kneecap could be pulped. All sorts of weird things like that. And pulp? I think, <clears throat> yes, pulped, pulped, you, you know, pulp, P-U-L-P, like, smash, crush. Like, like orange juice? Yes, with pulp in it, smash to something. Oh. Get over get over here, I'll show you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> is the shit I got to put up with, ladies and gentlemen. He's in a campaign of mine I fear for my life. <laughs> well, you should. Hey, when it all shit hits the fan. Remember, if these things are recorded, make sure it finds its way into the yes. district attorney's office. Yeah, when Sean goes missing. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that in when it comes to the physical aspects of it, we need to uh, see at least Victor's got my back. He knows nothing. Um, I think when it comes to that, the idea of not dealing with it in combat is because I think it slows you down from a combat resolution perspective. Because <clears throat> if you play... Um, if you play Rollmaster or any game with a critical hit chart, you it takes time to go look that up and roll the dice and figure this out. 
and excuse me, whatever that might be, as opposed to just a quick critical triple damage, quick critical double damage, and you're watching your hit points. That's a faster resolution mechanic than it is. Not only do you take the damage, but you look up the old Warhammer uh, first edition after you blast through someone's toughness and, hey, guess what? You tore his leg off or or whatever it is. So I think that descriptor is the thing that helps to bring the pain, if you will, from a physical perspective to the player character that the player will then viscerally react to as they're playing their character. So in lieu of having that, what I like to do, if I'm not using critical hit chart, is when you've taken a shit ton of damage, whatever that shit ton happens to be, is add a descriptor to that saying, hey, your leg is messed up, or he hits you so hard that your your bell is rung and you're stunned. <clears throat> I, sometimes it's, you know, you end up kind of ad hacking, if you will, or hacking and laying a, a difficulty on top of the player uh top of the character excuse me so that it's harder for them to to fight or continue on or whatever it is to try to invoke that you know i think that in victor calls us out on on the side here it's like fate fate does have aspects where you can do something you can slap somebody with a thing and i think that the concept of the aspects i don't normally think of fate aspects as being a piece of bringing pain per se but pain to me is becoming more narrative in approach. I, we as game masters or as players, you have to take the narrative approach to it as opposed to looking for a, um, and I, I know uh, what I want to say, aspects are a, are a narrative mechanic. They're still a game system mechanic, but in lieu of having some of the other um, uh, critical hit charts and so forth, I think that you can uh, just kind of talk your way into it, if you will. Like, hey, I got hit for that much damage. I'm gonna bail. I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna step out. You know, I, I don't want to get hit like that again. I'm afraid of the pain. I'm not necessarily afraid of I'm gonna die, but hey, you know, it, it it hurts to get hit for 20 points of damage. So my mage is gonna jump to the back. Sean, what do you think? I think that that jump to the back piece is just. But th- this is the freaking issue I have with some of this stuff is that a lot of it is not. It isn't. It's meta. It's meta. Oh, I took half my damage. Shit, man. I'm really, I'm really hurt. Uh, I'm not going in there. Whatever. Um, it's, you know, you got it. There may be penalties. Um, like Christian mentioned, there may be penalties that you, uh, put into the game. And I think that's fine, right? It's the condition track. You've taken so much damage. You've done this or you've done that or whatever it is. So now you're at disadvantage in 5e or you're shaken in Savage Worlds or, you know, uh, you're at a minus, you're minus two for whatever system you are. If it's percentile and it's basic role playing, you're at a minus 10%, 15% or whatever it is. But I don't know. I don't, I don't play a lot of games that take into consideration pain or if it is, it's all mechanical bullshit. And so it's not, I mean, unless you have now, not all the time, right. Before people go totally crazy on me, it, there is, there are players that will play it that way. They'll be like, dude, I am totally sucking win. I got a gaping chest wound or whatever it is. Or the GM is like, you know, if I play Savage Worlds, I'm going to run Weird Wars dose at a game hole. And, you know, if one of those guys get hit really hard, yeah, they're going to have a freaking sucking chest wound and it's going to suck really bad. And so what does that look like, right? get over there and start getting crazy. Um, but it, you know, I think it's, so 
there's two sides of the fence that you're going to run into when it comes to paint. It's going to be the meta piece and does the system facilitate it in some mechanical way. And then and I think your, the two have to come together. In. Yeah, your players have got to come with you. Yeah, like Victor says on the side, right? There's it, it can be mechanical, but you've got to have the players who give you the buy-in, and then you can work with it. But I don't have players that buy into this shit. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm right here, dude. Oh, do you buy into it? I don't know. I totally do. Well, you're going to buy into it Wednesday, my brother. <laughs> of course I will. Because I'm going to bring on the pain. So I think this, this is actually kind of, this is a good time to switch. What I The games I play and the ones that I'm most familiar with, if I switch now from physical to emotional, when I say emotional, it's like sand loss out of Call of Cthulhu um, <clears throat> or losing you know, like uh, dependent NPCs and that type of thing. Um, I actually, I think some of the sanity, sanity loss is the, is the biggest one for me, I guess, when it comes to emotional pain that you're inflicting on a player character. Insane in the membrane. Yeah. So it's difficult. I, you know, Call of Cthulhu has the, the famous sand tracker right where you go through did it did i lose how many sand did i lose and so forth the the danger of it of course is that it becomes just another hit point track and so on but i think the one of the fun things i had as i just kind of started this off with <clears throat> was instead of just whacking the um whacking the players with physical damage you know or killing them or when they did something crazy or whatever it was i took stuff from them so the bad guys in my old vampire game would come along and they would find, you know, Lenny's character and he'd be doing something like, you know what? I'm not going to just hurt him. I'm going to take away everything he loves and break him. So the bad guy would show up, kill off his family, slice some NPCs, steal property, do stuff, vandalize things, small little pieces, blow up cars, make things annoying. And then what happens is then there's a, player character it becomes this very stressful thing every time he turned around something was stripped from him and then it was kind of a way to invoke emotional stress and pain on the character so sean have you have you gamed like that or does that does that play to you what do you think it hasn't really no 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 but i think it i mean it, i don't have a problem with the gm doing that i think it's just no, 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 <laughs> I haven't. I haven't played that way. What can I say? That's all right. I think part of it comes down to the types of stories, right? If you're playing a vampire game or an Amber game, Amber, it's really freaking hard to kill people. Um, If you're playing that type of a game and that's the type of story you're going to tell that type of emotional, social pain where you take someone and ostracize them. I could see houses of the blooded um, playing in a similar way where if you were to ostracize someone from society or you were to <clears throat> take away some social standing, that type of emotional pain has nothing to do with whether you lost an arm or were crippled in combat. It now comes down to you've stripped them of what they have. So I think that's the different, it's a different type of drama game, right? For drama system, I'm assuming I've not yet played it. But I think some of those things can be done. And this is where, <clears throat> excuse me, it gets back to our, our talk about gear um, as an as a intro, if you will, or a stepping block into emotional pain. When the character has something, a sword that was given by their father or something along those lines, a cool piece of gear, and you take that piece of gear and you break it because, hey, you had to do a hard move and this thing's destroyed. Um, 
when the player says, well, oh, God, that sucks. That's my plus two sword I got from my dad. Oh, boy, that blows. Um, I, as Game Master, say, now remember, in your character's background, this was a huge building block for, you know, Billy Bob the Fighter Man. Um, are you sure this is all you think about? You well, know, that's that's the problem, man. You got to have a player that understands the 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 impact of that shit. If they're just gonna be like, oh man, kill him, uh, broke my sword, and I was like, it was like my grandfather's 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 sword. It meant a lot to me. It was an heirloom. Well, shit. I don't. I guess uh, gotta go in the dungeon and find another one or something. Or hey, hey, wizard man, can you like enchant like? We found one back at the treasure before. Can you like chant it? Yeah, dude, it's going to take me like three years to make the damn thing. But so that's the big deal, right? You got to have that. You got to have a thespian type group that gets into that shit. Well, I think in lieu of now, again, we've uh, touched on Call of Cthulhu, Fate, uh, Savage Worlds, others. Pretty much any game has a bonus and a minus, right? Sure. So even if you don't, even if you're player, at some point you can apply negative modifiers to something in some format. So you can hit somebody um, with the hey, with the with the hey, you as you're not essentially. God, I don't know how else to say this. You're not role playing that really well. So here's a negative for you. Uh, or, uh, okay. Now you can do that, or you could say, you know what. You're role playing it really well. I'm going to give you the negative, but I'm going to also give you a positive when you fight the man who broke your dad's sword. Right. That, that's so why. Give you the give you the rage. So you've got an ability as game master to reward and support the people who are doing it, quote unquote, right or the way the type the, to to fit the story you want to play. Yeah. And or to tell the other guy, look, you, you got the same negative that you know Phil got, but. Phil did it right. So not only did he get the negative three, but he also got the plus five against Brett's bastard who broke his sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, so are you talking about like, see, I think that, but you're talking about like a long term. Okay. I'm going to go and kill the guy that freaking broke my sword. He pissed me my off. My name is Daniel Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Right. Yes. But that's going to be later. Right. So you got to make sure that you like, okay, you got to make a mental note in, in GM land, GM brain, that that, that you're going to apply. Yeah. Bottle yeah. opener. Just waving it around. You got <laughs> to apply that bonus or negative, right? Yes. Right. Or penalty, bonus or penalty. That's fine. Correct. Great. I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah. No, that's good. I like this. The star, it goes the Star Wars fantasy fight games. I'm telling you, it's got a cool mechanic and you could probably implement stuff like that into it. You know, you can boost dice and uh, difficulty dice and all that other stuff, you can manipulate it. And I think the nice thing about the game is if you're starting to narrate things correctly, I think the GM's going to be like, yeah, that sounds super awesome, man. Go for it. You know, th- you know, difficulty's the same, but I'm going to give, you know, you could flip a light side and make it happen or whatever. Um, but I don't know if a lot of those other ones, Fate, I'm ignorant to, unfortunately. I know my, I know my shortcomings, man. That's okay. I think, <clears throat> so, even if you're playing a game, in my perspective, that doesn't have a specific mechanic that drives, that would drive your character uh, one way or the other, um, I think then to help influence good role-playing, I think, so, how am I going to do this? <clears throat> so, 
the physical types of pain and the emotional types of pain that a character could feel or be impacted with. It's similar to that, hey, I'm playing, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm playing a role-playing game because I want to, I want to simulate um, uh, Game of Thrones. I want to simulate this event. I want to simulate the, uh, the Aliens movie. I want to simulate uh, this book I read. Characters grow and change. And one of the ways that they do that is not only from risky physical challenges insofar as, hey, I beat a dragon. I, uh, I uncovered the plot. I used my, <clears throat> my, my investigative skills to determine what the vampires were doing in Night's Black Agents. And haha, I figured out that they were actually behind the human trafficking. But overcoming physical pain to get something done and overcoming emotional pain are some huge influences to to the characters in these different dramas, especially dramas, dramas and thrillers and so forth. They have they have um, um, baggage, if you will. Every the characters have emotional baggage that they're dragging with them. I have so where the hell am I going? So long way around. What I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I think this is a really good way when you start to introduce this into your games to get people to say, you know what, um, Sean, I just broke your grandfather's grandfather's sword that's been in your family for 52 generations. Um, your character's history is based on this. Yeah. I'm going to give you, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Tell me what you think. How would that impact you? I'm going to kill like, I'm going to fucking go ape shit on that guy. Okay, cool. Great. But so that, what I we're think that's do different than pain though. I mean, it pisses no, me no, off. It, it, well, see, it's an, emo that's an emotional piece. Okay, so, so you're getting an emotional reaction out of me. I want to get an emotional reaction from yeah. you. Then if I say, well, guess what? You came back and, um, Someone burned down your inn. The thing that you your character had, that's his backstory. He owns his inn. Someone burns it down. Someone tears apart his gentleman's clothing store, you know, and his super spy doesn't know what to do now. Um, yeah, you want to find the bastards that did it. You're bringing on the mental anguish. Got it. Yes. Okay. I think I think by doing that, you're forcing, coaching, goading players to role play better. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Because regardless of how they react, if they react well, you're going to reward them. If they role play poorly, or if they role play to a point where like I wish, oh no, 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 you're you're just you're kind of you're not quite getting it. You can ask them another leading question. You can poke them a little bit more. You can give them something to play off of. I think I think there are two things here. I think it comes down to this. You ready for this, man? I'm ready. Lay, lay on the wisdom. I babble. Give me the wisdom. I think, well, and I'm just paraphrasing what you've said for like the last 40 minutes. 40? All right. Easy now. 30 minutes. Whatever. Probably. Give or take. Here it is. It's, um, if it's physical pain, there's a mechanic typically for it. And that's usually either a condition track, hit points, you know, shaken whatever whatever that is that's meta people can be like okay shit man i'm going into combat i'm minus two okay i'm going into combat uh you know i'm uh, i got disadvantage the all the other stuff like mental and um some of the things that you bring up it's all in the role playing it's all in the story and if you got a group that doesn't get into that shit it's never going to come to the the surface my humble opinion there you have it I think you're right that if you have players that don't want it or don't know how to do it or don't <laughs> exactly, or they don't get it, it's not going to happen. Now, even a game like D and D five E has inspiration advantage. There are things you can throw on 
to give bonuses in games like you know, or Fate or Dungeon World where you can always give somebody a bonus. When they're doing really well, one of the things I used to do... Well, hold on, hold on a second. I don't equate pain to bonus. I'm just saying. No? No. Well, mm. well... What I'm saying is if you're reacting well to it, so... <clears throat> I think this my, my example will, will be a little bit better. So one of the things I did was when I ran Vampire, went back to my original example here, was I... When the characters role played really well, they got into that emotional component of it. They they dealt with the physical pain, like, "Hey, you tore my arm off! Oh my god, this sucks!" Um, you know, they're scared of the gargoyle who's been doing whatever. At the end of the day, I always gave people individual experience points because it was a point based system. If you had five points, you could throw in and buy whatever you could. You could hoard them and buy more thaumaturgy or whatever it was you were you were hoarding up for. Um, <clears throat> and when you just showed up and just played, you got two. So you normally get anywhere from one to four experience points in a session with me in that game. If you just showed up and played your guy, you got two XP at the end of the night. If you showed up, played, and took it up a notch, you could get three. Really kick-ass role-playing, and everyone like, wow, that was awesome. You were, Wow, you were this, you were, I mean, your character was just, it was so cool, you, you get four. And if the bell rings and you uh, drool, you get, you get five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a treat. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying though. The the point is, it's the role play bonus. It's not a pain bonus per se. It's, it's the, the carrot. It's the carrot. It is. It <laughs> is. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to incite people to role play through the pain, either emotional or physical pain that their character's going through, handing them bonuses when they're dealing with it well, saying, "Look, like I said again, you're at minus five because the guy." you know, cut your arm off or you're at this negative because you no longer have that big uh, resource that your spy used to have because it completely slaughtered all of your, um, w- w- <clears throat> whomever you usually talk to the, your computer guy, he b- fucking killed microchip and you can't talk to micro anymore. I'm sorry. The emotional pain. If you play it, I can say, you know what? You have a negative on all of these research things now because you lost the dude, but guess what? You get, a bonus in this other aspect of the game, either to hit, to damage, you get inspiration, you get extra experience points, some kind of a bump, advantage of some sort for doing it well, for playing it well. That way you don't feel like, well, I got hurt again, so it doesn't matter how well I react as a character, I'm still just, I'm just hurt. Acting like I got hurt doesn't get me anywhere. I'm talking about role-playing bonuses here, is, I, I guess, where I'm coming I from. I got you. All right. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I think it's got to be, uh, I think there's got to be buy-in. I think there's got to be role-playing. I think the GM's got to award the the proper stuff. I'm, I'm, I think this is kind of a no, nah, it's not a no-brainer. I just think that if you get into, um, if you're going to have the folks that don't role-play, and it's simple as that. So how do you get them to do that? And it's pain outside the mechanics. And that's the only thing. So I think the problem is that you, I don't know, the groups that I play with, you can pick out the role players and you can pick out the mechanics people. And the mechanics people aren't just, they're not going to get into the role play as deep as some of the other people. And so some of these topics like pain, I don't know, you can, you could try to kind of ease it in. You can try to, you know, do what you have to do, but I, you know, I think at the at the same time, man, I'm I don't know, 
I'm not I'm not an actor. I am. I like role playing, but I mean I think there's going to be some that that really they they it's kind of out of their comfort zone. And that's all I have to say about it. No, it's I mean it's true. There's certain and the thing is is you don't want to reward the person who's just the the spotlight hog, just the person who really who's really great, you know, they could be on stage, right? You you don't want to just reward the people who are really good actors and actresses. You don't want to just say, "Hey, she's so amazing at this." I got to give her all this stuff because then the person who shows up every game does his best. He has a speech impediment. Um, he's just, you know, I, I've played with people who have horrible stutters. I've played with people who, who have a really nasty lisp that they're working on. I've played with people who are, you know, don't aren't necessarily great, gregarious, outgoing. I will stand here and suck all the limelight out of the room because I'm just this, you know, magnet of personality. Hey, you're talking um, about the player now. <clears throat> yes. The player. So what you want to do is like if the person you can encourage them to role play in third part in third person, if you will, as opposed to I'm struck, I am wounded and I will blah, blah, blah. You can go, look, that hurts my character really bad. He wants that guy's head on a stick. Um, I don't know. Basically, what I'm telling you is, Sean, I don't know how to do and I'm not comfortable doing the whole I, I, I thing. So I'm saying Ragnar, the fighter, my guy, Ragnar, he's super pissed off right now. He he's going to ignore everybody else. And all he wants to do is focus on killing Throndor. He's going to kill Throndor right now. That's all he wants. All right. I get it. All right, right, man. I got it, man. It's all good. Okay, dude. Go crazy. So so when you do that, if you know the mechanics, if you as a game master know the mechanics of the system you're running and you know them well enough, you can, you know where to apply the bonuses and the negatives. So when someone comes through and says, look, you're going to charge across a combat field. I, there's going to be five attacks of opportunity on you. I'll give them, you know, a huge, you know, negative to hit you because of your single-minded, insane, blah, 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 or I'll give you 50 shadow hit points because you're equivalent to a barbarian rage, even though you're not really a barbarian. But knowing the system allows you to ad hoc apply a mechanic that will fit for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that by encouraging the players who are playing third person versus first person. Yeah. You know, I, I think you can do that and then have them still get the same bonuses for good role playing. They're just doing it in a slightly different manner. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I don't want to penalize the folks that don't want to be Shakespeare. I, I get that, but I'm just saying that sometimes when it has to do with the topic we're talking about, it's going to be handled differently. And I, we got to, we got to move on, bro. Are you good? I think I'm good. No, it's, good? it's, it's a wonky one because it's similar to the whole death thing that we've talked about and destroying gear, but it's a different, it's just really heavy on the role play because it's not like, Oh shit, I'll sure shred my shield instead of damaging me. This is, it's a little bit different. It really, to me, pulls on the, uh, the role playing aspect of it more than anything else. Yeah. We ready? Yeah. Let's Next. go in. Yeah. Let's go into die roll. Die roll is a segment of the show where we, provide two to five miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to bring to the to your attention i have two brett has two shall i go first i shall right you always go first go i mean let's not buck the system here man <laughs> exactly go ahead, dude. Go first. it's all good so I've got a link in the show notes here. It's the uh, the io9.com. There was a, um, a medieval skeleton was found in the roots of a tree that was uh, knocked over in, uh, in Europe. It was just really, really cool. It's one of those things that when you read that, you see it, you're thinking, this is definitely gaming fodder. This is just 
this is just awesome. It's a great, it's a great story. Um, so we'll have the link in the show notes and I see Sean just put it out there in the blab as well. The other one that I have, uh, number two is some insanity out of Florida. So apparently there was this person, they, uh, she had been terrorizing her neighbors and, uh, had jumped bail or violated parole or something. And they show up to arrest her and her house is like, looks like a horror set. It's full of like knives and axes and sharp objects hanging everywhere. She's got fake blood, real blood, fake parts of bodies laying around. She attacks the cops with hatchets and swords. What? It's crazy. Dude, is she, is she a relative of yours? Don't lie. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't lie, Brad. But it's one of those things where you, you see it, you're like, this This is definitely a Call of Cthulhu Halloween game in the making. That's what this is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the game world, game world meets reality. Exactly. Sweet. All right, number uno. Character cachet from Encoded Designs. Yeah. They're known sometimes as misdirected Mark. Sometimes they're known as Chris and Phil. As a GM, you will be able to use the character cachet as a collection of NPCs. The content includes different ways the character can be used in your campaign. If you are a player, the content supplies an illustration of the character and provides questions to develop backgrounds, personality traits, aspects, and backstory for your character. So check those guys out. I know. I think. I think they're doing a, a Patreon around that. So if you want to, I believe they are. Yeah. If you want to, you know, chip in a buck or two. I don't know the levels, <laughs> but that's uh, that's the thing. That's their new venture over there. It looks really cool. I like it. It's a good idea. Link in the show notes. Uh, Wizards of the Coast. Shutting down the community forums. Shutting it down. Uh, Shutdown will occur on October 29th, 2015 at 10 a.m. So basically they're getting rid of that 1990s communication method. Pacific time. And they put a time and a deadline on there so you can go out there and pull down your own stuff. The community forums. Link in the show notes. It's... uh, I think it's just like their their company game forum uh, that they've been using for quite some time. I have not dug into it, but my understanding is that they're look doing the whole social media better ways to get at people. Forums, are, the forum is dead. Long live the forum. That is what Carry they. On. That's what they touted in the article. That's absolutely correct, Brett. Way to go. Yes, and frankly, I don't. So I had run forums for quite some time. As a matter of fact. Rumbling Dwarf, my man, was a form that I had run for years for Wisconsin local gamers. And you know what? Forms are tough. They're a pain in the ass. And I applaud uh, podcasts or whoever that is running forums because they they get hacked. You got to update them. You got to moderate them. And, you know, honestly, with today's uh, social media, I mean, that I saw a huge, I mean, well, I dicked up our forums enough, but... Um, you, it's hard to compete with like Facebook, Google Plus, or Twitter if you want a community. And forums are good, but again, they get hacked and all that stuff. So I, I can totally get. It. I just hope that wizards, in lieu of forums, are more active on the different social media channels. See, that's the key. If they kick it up in the other social media channels, because the social media channels, you get to, <clears throat> you share stuff quicker, faster, better. People see things. You can find people easier. 
you know, as Victor says over in the, in the uh, comments here, you know, forums can segregate gamers for people. Or we end the show right now. No, um, sorry, my bad. I, <laughs> anyway, I was hitting um, my freaking iPad. I'm like, it's off the stand, it. and then a thumb hits a fucking button. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, it the it's forums sucked. are kind of like, look, you play this game, you talk over here, and you don't get a lot of cross pollination. It can be this kind of little gated community of discussion. Well, yeah, they're great if you've got a website and you've got some like you know fans and they're only on your website but what about all the rest of the freaking world i don't want to register with your bullshit website and me you know that's the that's the tricky thing right so we're on google plus we're on facebook we've got a bigger following on google plus but that you know that's up to whoever whatever you want to do like there's people hey i don't want to be on facebook hey totally get it man we're we're in both spots and we don't want to isolate well, it's that, that, hence Anyone. the Twitters, the YouTube feed, all that stuff, because there's people who get their media in different places and forums are becoming like email. My kids don't send emails that often. The only reason they deal with emails is because of, uh, you know, they don't have a choice because school sends them something, but email has become a corporate tool more than it is something to communicate with. So anyway, cool. I just thought it was interesting. And I honestly, I'm like, bra- Hey, Bravo to Wizards for like stepping it's, it up in the 21st century. It's a good move, but I'm I'm hoping they follow it up, like you say, by stepping into the different social areas then and being a presence. That's what I want to see. I think we agree on that, Brett. Absolutely. All right. That concludes this episode of Gaming NBS. If you would be so kind, the only thing that we would actually ask of you aside from all that other stuff, is if you enjoy the show, tell somebody. Just say, hey, just give these guys a listen. I'd be interested to hear your feedback, good or bad. And if they hate us, please unsubscribe. They won't listen to us again, and that's okay. But you never know. Having said that, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. Thanks for everybody tuning in to our live show on Blab.im. Much appreciated. Um, Can't thank you guys enough. Uh, otherwise, hey, uh, that's all I got to say. Cool. And I'm Brad. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good game and all. Oh, I did it. No, I did it. You said good night. I said good night. Hang on, hang on. Rewind. All right. Thanks for listening. And good game and all. There we go. This episode brought to you by patrons like Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, and Jeff Rademacher.